Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, extremely hardworking, environmental Disney-loving <laughs> wife and co-host, Michelle. Well, thank you so much, sweetie. Hi, everybody. Yes, we are doing the episode on environmental Disney, finally. <laughs> it took us planning to do a completely different episode for us to finally get this one that oh we've been God. kind of putting off for weeks. So, Yeah, I mean, some other ideas had come across um, that I thought, you know, or that we had talked about doing and so postponing this one. And then I have to apologize to the newsletter recipients because I had a, I sent it out on Tuesday, had a big announcement for their eyes only. They were the first to hear about what the topic would be. And then life happened and there was a change. So this wasn't the topic that they heard about. That topic will be next week. That one was reliant on some guests that we have planned coming mm -hmm. on. We thought we were going to be able to get them scheduled with us, but some things got in the way, allegedly. They made uh, up on. some excuses as to why they can't be on the show. Family comes first. I don't, I don't believe it, whatever. <laughs> but they're going to join us next week, and we're looking forward to it. We're talking about Pat and Charles from the Conversations podcast. Um, it's going to be fun to have them with us next week. But th that opened up the window this week for us to be able to do that environmental Disney episode that I've been very excited about. And Michelle has put it together and it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's hope so. Yeah, it's one of those I had, you know, started on it, had, you know, a, a portion of it ready. And then it's like, oh, OK, let's finish that one. Yeah. Then. It's going to be a lot of fun today, so I'm looking forward to this one. I've been looking forward to it for weeks, so <laughs> this is going to be very good. By the way, we are recording this episode on Sunday, August 7th, 2022. Hope your August is off to a good start so far as we wind down the summer season. Yeah. It's, again, we always say this. It's all um, surprising how time is flying, but uh, and I know for those of you uh, with kids getting ready for school, Ooh, yeah, time to get those backpacks, supplies in and yeah. ready to go. Some people are like, oh, we got to get the kids ready for school. And most people are like, yeah, we got to get the kids ready for I school. Know, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hope that's all going successfully for you. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, if you haven't done so, we'd love you to sign, love for you to sign up. We'd for, love you and, and love, love for you, you to, to sign up for the newsletter. Oh man, this is a really interesting start. We're off start. to a great start. I know. Th there's been no alcohol. Oh, oh man. Are you sure? I don't know about that. I've been gone all day at work. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I believe it. No, trust me. <laughs> anyway, please sign up for the newsletter. It's just a great way to be involved in the Hyperion Ventures podcast world. It's all full of Michelle-ness now. As she has taken <laughs> over the newsletter and uh, it is going well. She's doing some great things with it. And I understand she's going to have some cool stuff possibly involved with this mm -hmm. week's newsletter as well. Another way, great way to be involved with us is through social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, Facebook, come on over and join us for some good positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Yeah, you'll love the people that are already there and it's fun and can't can't say enough about them. Nope, it's a great time. It's a great group. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're just having some fun there sharing things that are going on in our lives and uh, in a positive way 
way, whether right. it be Disney or whether it just be basic life. Fun, and, fun stuff in yeah, life, yeah. All fun stuff. Also, we do have a YouTube channel. We will be getting some new videos up there eventually, but hopefully not too long mm-hmm. from now. Uh, so you'll want to be involved with that. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You know, whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we, as we always say, we love hearing from you and there'll be something at the end that you may want to write to us to get. Oh, interesting. If very, you're not very, very interesting. So, yeah. Mm, we'll see about that. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michelle always has the best teasers, <laughs> for sure. Uh, also, if you want to help support this show and get some swag out of it as well, well, there's some great ways to do that. The first is just to go to straight to our Spreadshirt shop. If you just go to Spreadshirt.com and do a search for Hyperion Adventures podcast, you'll find all our stuff there with our various logos, uh, our various different colors, shapes, sizes, various different items as well. Uh, you can also just go to any of our social media profiles and uh, find our Linktree account there. And there's a link straight to it. That might be the easiest way for you to find our spread shirt shop. See, you said that very well. Bravo. Yeah, I had to slow down to do it, but I got <laughs> through it. Uh, another great way is to become a Patreon member. All you got to do is sign up there and you get some great swag that way. Just go to patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We have tiers starting as low as $2 per month and you get all sorts of interesting items just for joining up in a podcast shout out as well we appreciate everybody who's already become a patreon member of the show yeah you're the best we really appreciate it um it you know as tom said it really helps to support the show the cost of the show um we're not making any profit on this um, far from it <laughs> yeah and for our patreons you also will get an email from me this week Ooh, that's interesting so be on the lookout for that all you patreon members out there so now before we get into this week's show we always like to take a look back at the week that was because you know we all have those weeks there's highs there's lows there's twists there's turns but we always like to focus on the positive here and so we like to look back at what our favorite thing was from the previous week. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome, wonderful, <laughs> great. You're going to hear in a little bit. She does the best research. You know she has the best lists. She definitely has the best tips. And she also has the best my favorite thing from this week. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Um, well, I guess I'm going to give two out there. One of them is... Um, you know, more on a personal level, something that was really good that happened for you this week. I was really proud of you and happy for you. And that made me happy. Um, so that's, I think the main thing. Um, but then to just be more specific about something else, I, I really enjoyed watching the new Legos summer vacation mm-hmm. video. Uh, we saw a lot of great things this week. Um, Star Wars Lego. Yeah, summer Star vacation. Wars Lego, su- se- Lego Star Wars summer vacation. Yes. Yeah, which was a lot of fun. And uh, so that was that was a good point in the that week. That was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot. I think it might have been one of my favorite that they've done since mm-hmm. they started releasing these specials on Disney plus so far. I really enjoyed that one a lot. And that was one of my favorite things from this week. The other thing is also the one you mentioned that we can't talk about yet, but it's not like what we were not being able to talk about for about a year earlier. You know, this is going to be something we haven't been able to talk about, but I should be able to talk about it next week, but something that's also it's good going on in my life as well. Um, and I also, we, we, we saw Lightyear um, because yeah, that was on right. Disney Plus as well and I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I know it, 
Um, it wasn't everybody's thing, um, but I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it was so. cute. It was entertaining for sure. So those were our favorite things from this week. If you ever want to send in your favorite thing from any week, uh, we would love to share them on the show. You can hit us up through social media. Uh, the Facebook group is a great way. Or if you want to Gmail, hit us up at our Gmail account. That's a good way as well. Now, on to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including it may be the middle or at least the middle end of summer, <laughs> but it's never too early to start planning for the holiday season at the <laughs> Disneyland Resort. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on there so you can be set for your holiday type yes. plans. Uh, there's a highly anticipated Marvel show that gets an unusual release date on Disney Plus. We'll tell you a little bit about that. And speaking of Marvel, we received more information on super the superheroic schedule at the Ultimate Disney Fan Event. We'll tell you about that. You might be of a special interest to that if you're planning on attending the D23 Expo. Mm -hmm. and, oh, wow, it's just a little over a month yeah. away now. Getting close. Getting right. close. But enough about all that. Let's go ahead and get to our very green topic <laughs> of the week. Yes, very excited about this. We're finally getting to it. The environmental Disney episode. Michelle's done some great research about all the stuff that goes on, what Disney does to try and kind of help take care of the environment while they're also entertaining their guests. So, Michelle, take it away. Let's hear about what Disney does to protect the planet. All right. So, well, one thing, uh, you know, I, I feel like I need to preface is that there's so much I mean, this would be, we could do, it's kind of like the Simpsons. We could do it every day for, for like a week um, and, and still not cover everything that they're, they, they are involved with or touch on or support. Um, so I just, you know, really trying to put on my editor's cap here and, and cover some of the highlights of things that, you know, hopefully people might not be aware of and can appreciate more, you know, or, or just really like fun fact kind mm, of thing. Very so, cool. Yeah. So kind of want to start out with a quote from Walt Disney from 1950, because I think it kind of really shows and sets the tone here of this topic and uh, of the culture of Disney. But, but like I said, back in 1950, this is what Walt said. You've probably heard people talk about conservation. Well, conservation isn't just the business of a few people. It's a matter that concerns all of us. It's a science whose principles are written in the co oldest code in the world, the laws of nature. The natural resources of our vast continent are not inexhaustible. But if we use our riches wisely, if we, if we will protect our wildlife and preserve our lakes and streams, these things will last us for generations to come. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's yeah. Very forward thinking. Not uh, not a surprise from Walt Disney for sure. Right, right. So, I, you know, I mean, again, showing that this was in the foundation of the company, in their culture, you know, from the very top of the organization. And like you said, very forward thinking. So the, the next thing, I'm just throwing this out there. As I was doing my research, um, and this is something, this part of it I'm going to explain is not written anywhere that I saw. I just, it's something that came to mind, but it's, it's kind of 
to me, it formalized an idea of how does Disney approach this topic? Um, and it seems like there's three elements in their strategies. The first is, as I talked about with Walt, the corporate culture, right? It's, it's how it directs their decision making, you know, from something that could be major, like creating Animal Kingdom, or something much smaller, but still important, like removing plastic straws, you know, what's in the culture that's driving some of their efforts. The next one is uh, more financial, like what are they doing to help um, support, put monies towards, etc., for conservation efforts. And the third one is the component of edutainment. Mm. And I know we've used that term before, you know, combining education and entertainment, kind of like this episode. <laughs> um, but anyways, you know, but using an edutainment to help inspire new generations to move the conservation efforts. Cool. So if you think of like three circles and them converging, to me, it's like when they can hit all three of those components together is when they can have the biggest impact and the longest lasting. Absolutely. So anyways, that was just a little aside, but something that, like I said, for me, it helped formalize, you know, how, how are they approaching this? Excellent. So, but if you see it a different way as we go through, or if our listeners see it a different way, please let us know. Um, so let's go kind of back again in history with Walt. Um, actually, before that quote came out uh, in the uh, late 1940s, you know, Walt had that interest in nature and the importance of protecting it. And so he sent film crews to remote parts, first of the United States and then eventually throughout the world to capture, you know, some of this dramatic footage of, you know, wildlife and, you know, he like really created the template for modern nature documentaries with those uh, true life adventure series. Yeah, those are wonderful. Uh, if you've seen any of those um, at some times, I don't know if there's much on Disney Plus. Mm. I think they've had some From time to time, time to yeah. time. But, um, you know, and they continue it on with the Disney nature now, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of that same concept mm -hmm. that Wolf started way back when and is continues on to this day. Right, right. So, and we're going to kind of get into that too. Um, so it's interest. It was also interesting to see that Walt, you know, he had all this footage and, you know, was helping, you know, he was actually overseeing this whole true life series thing and, and found them pretty eye opening. And, and here's what he said. He said, the immediate need for education and practice in using our natural resources of soil, forest, water, wildlife, and areas of inspirational beauty to the best advantage of all for this generation and other to, others to come is apparent. My interest in these problems has been sharpened by our motion picture production of wildlife subjects and the relation of animal life to all other conservation issues during the past few years. So, I mean, pretty incredible when you think about it, the, the 40s and the 50s. I mean, anything you hear about that time frame, um, conservation was not the, the big topic. There were some things, I think, from, you know, what I re remember reading and stuff like that, like in the 60s and the 70s, where you start seeing more things coming out about that. But 40s and 50s, from a guy really interested in making movies and theme parks. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, pretty amazing. Like I said, forward thinking ahead of his time and not a surprise. Right, right. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, the Disney nature films kind of is re, you know, resurfacing this culture. You know, it, it started, I guess, a little over a decade ago. But, um, you know, what's interesting in the Disney nature films is, is not only the education it provides to the viewers, um, but get this. As moviegoers, you might have been part of the conservation efforts of Disney mm. because uh, a portion of the ticket sales during the release week actually were directed to conservation initiatives by nonprofit organizations like the Jane Goodall Institute, the Nature Conservatory, and the African Wildlife Foundation, just to name a few of them. And those contributions can be linked directly to certain conservation outcomes. Do you want to hear about some? Yes, I do. <laughs> Good answer. I have one occasionally. <laughs> it's very rare, but occasionally there's a good answer that comes out of here. So like um, for the Disney Nature Oceans, uh, there was a donation given to the uh, Nature Conservatory, and that resulted in 40,000 acres of new marine protected area established to conserve coral reefs in the Bahamas. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, the the N Disney Nature African Cats, a donation was given to African Wildlife Foundation, makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and that brought about 65,000 acres of savanna protected to create conservation corridors in Kenya. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And Disney Nature Chimpanzee was uh, given some funds to the Jane Goodall Institute and that provided 130,000 acres of wild chimpanzee habitat protected in the Congo, 60,000 plus local youth educated and chimpanzees were cared for. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so we could go on and on, but you know, obviously it's not just having the, like I mentioned, not just having the film to, to educate and to show what these things are, but then to, ha to have that give back part of it. And not well. just, you know, um, lip service to like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Every part portion of your ticket is going mm -hmm. to these, uh, charities right. to actually have some tangible thing that the show for it, you know, such as these conservation areas, right. um, these preserves and, and so forth. Um, that is a big deal. That's yeah. Great. yeah. Yeah. So it kind of makes you think next time they have one of the Disney nature films come out, it's like, you want to get out there yeah, that first week sure. so you can participate in that. So, um, the CEO of conservation international is, is Dr. Sanjan. Sanjanyan, hopefully I said that close to being right. He's, he said, key thing about conservation is we need local people to care about what they, ha they have in their backyard. And these Disney nature supported projects are, are, are tying into communities around the world. We are not separate from nature. We are part of it. And Disney nature always reminds us, save nature, live better. And so the reason I put that quote in was that 70 years after Walt's quote, right. right? I mean, that's, you know, again, Walt forward thinking, company keeping it deep rooted in their, their culture. Which is good. I'm, you know, again, some people will say that they've drifted away from Walt's original ideas mm -hmm. on some things, but this is definitely a showcase that, yeah, this was something that he believed in right. and the company is sticking to that. Yeah. 
So here's a fun fact um, that when land was actually being purchased for Walt Disney World, um, and we talked about that in a prior episode, Mm -hmm. but there was actually land specifically set aside as permanent conservation areas. So, um, you know, it wasn't just let's buy land, we're going to develop it and make money. It's, hey, we're going to, again, have some conservation. Yeah, we're going to be using some of this land, but we always will have this amount of land that we will not be using and that will be set as right. wetlands and so forth for these uh, these creatures and for nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, so later on, the company even purchased additional land. Uh, there was land that was once used as a cattle ranch, and it's now the Nature's Conservative... I'm going to probably have struggled with this. Nature Conservative... Sensei's Disney Wilderness Preserve. Well said. I know. I think they call it Disney's Wilderness Preserve in short. But so, but this preserve is a living lab where people work and learn together about healing the land, uh, living in harmony with the land and natural environment. Uh, it, and it actually also has a network of trails that anybody can enjoy. Oh, lovely. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, again, it's it's showing that the company giving back, you know, they they restored, helped pay for restoring some of this, you know, what was a cattle ranch into more of a preserves, having it, that land set aside for, for people to, you know, have an opportunity to even maybe experiment new ideas, new thoughts for conservation. Very cool. That's cool. That's great. So kind of jumping around here, um, there also was, uh, people may have heard, uh, Disney's Conservation Fund. Um, and, and right around the same time, Disney's Animal Kingdom Park, you know, kind of got the green light. Um, and Literally? It, yeah. Green? The green light. Ah! I didn't even realize that. <laughs> Darn. Good catch, though. Uh, uh, but yeah, in 1990, Michael Eisner green-lighted the concept uh, for Imagineer Joe, Joe Rohde to have to open a theme park about uh, Disney's wild animal kingdom, you know. And I have a quote from him. When we Imagineers started the development of Disney's animal kingdom, we knew that we were entering a new territory of storytelling. These stories were not fantasies, but real. They were not classic tales, but ongoing epics whose conclusions are still unknown. They were not our own, ours own alone, but shared with the people all around the world who lived with and cared for about the lives of wild creatures. We could not tell such stories unless we ourselves participated in the reality we were describing, contributed to the epic struggle, and shared our skill and commitment with people around the world. Thus, we concluded that an entity like the Disney Conservation Fund was essential to our story. Without it, our own words and actions would be empty. The story of Disney's Animal Kingdom and the Disney Conservation Fund is not just a story that we tell. It's a story we are living every day, every one of us. All of us on Earth share this planet with every living creature and with the systems that sustain them. For decades, through the actions of Disney Conservation Fund, we've worked towards our dream, a dream of a future for our children in which there is still magic in the forest, the magic that comes from the countless miraculous creatures, some yet undiscovered, that share with us a tiny, delicate place amidst a sea of distant stars. Wow, nice. Yeah. 
And, and one of the things I love about the Animal Kingdom Park is, you know, the fact that, especially for, for kids, it's so hands-on and learning about all right. these. I mean, for adults too, but definitely for kids, they, they do a great job of the wilderness explorers going around and learning about the yeah. various different creatures caca, and caca. yeah, <laughs> the, the topography and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, just the different ecologies and everything about the, the, the areas they're in. And, uh, I, I, I find it fascinating as an adult, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's great for kids as well. Yeah. And, the, and then even, you know, going in depth a little bit while well, one, you can go and there's so much there that kind of guides you through a lot of, um, activities, like you said, kids could do, but a lot of information there, or you could even choose to do, you know, some of the behind the scene tours to even get some in-depth information from for there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since the creation of Disney's Conservation Fund, it has invested more than $120 million to help protect more than 1,000 species, support community heroes, and provide millions of nature experiences to kids around the world. So pretty impressive Mm -hmm. that this company, you know, has put some money towards something, some significant money towards something that has a lasting impact on everybody. For sure. Um, they, they see it every day. They're, they're just doing some great things for uh, the world. Right, right. Exactly. So, um, you know, another fun fact is, uh, you know, and we talked about conservate some of these conservation, conservation activities or efforts uh, in Disney's Animal Kingdom, but the company's commitment doesn't stop there. So it, it, it incorporates those into the design of all their parks and resorts. And there's one example you might not know about. Um, at Disney's Shanghai Resort, they created the Wishing Star Park. And this provides a place for guests to connect with nature. Now, it was once a developed land, but now 100 acres with of 100-acre lake, excuse me, uh, was restored with the wetlands and more than a mile of pathways that go through woodlands and shrubs. And, you know, it really provides, you know, a great serene place that, that guests can go to, but it also has now become home to a lot of species of birds and butterflies and wildlife. And for some of them that may not decide to reside there, it is definitely a great location to provide a safe stopover for rest for long migratory journeys to and from breeding grounds. No, oh, that's that's very interesting, and I'm glad that they uh, you know kind of changed it around to make it right. uh, better for uh, these various different species and uh, and other pieces of nature for sure. Right. So you know it's kind of cool seeing that you know like we were talking about the other you know land in Florida that was cattle ranch and and now it's wetlands and stuff and and, and again seeing how them, I mean, and it's not just like, okay, let's put some money in here. They're, they're hiring people to design these things, to mm-hmm. research how to do that, to actually do the work of getting it. I mean, it, it's pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. And how to also make it good for guests and that, you know, it's not just, yes, that they're, uh, they are obviously improving this area mm-hmm. for uh, the species that visit it and uh, either live there or like you mentioned, stop over on mm-hmm. the migratory paths or whatever. But while that's all happening, this is also a place where guests can go and, right. and enjoy the time and maybe get some serenity and peace and, and take in yeah. uh, some of this wonderful pieces of nature as well. Again, it, you know, Disney balancing uh, between, you know, being effective environmentally uh, as well as providing uh, a good quality 
the product for their guests. Right, right. And we know, we all know that sometimes a Disney park can just be hyper stimulation for ourselves or for our kids and, you know, and having those kind of pockets of areas that you can go and, and just still be among a beautiful location mm-hmm. within a park, but have some of that downtime. For sure. That's great. All right. Let's talk a little bit now about sustainability. So um, actually back in December of 2020, uh, Disney announced a very ambitious 2030 environmental goals that focused on achieving net zero greenhouse gas em- emissions for their direct operations, reducing waste, building more sustainable and developing packaging and products that lessen the environment footprint. Um, You know, and they've done a lot to make progress on, you know, they've diverted 61% of the total company operation waste from landfills uh, across the film and TV productions. And, you know, looking at Star Wars Mandalorian, they focused on reducing waste and switching to lower emission energy sources and educating cast and crew on environmental best practices. Mm, Um, And they launched a plastic-free packaging for a line of their classic dolls that is made of 100% recyclable, sustainable source paper. Wow, I had no idea that that was going on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's solar. So let's talk solar, right? You'll see it every time. If you're taking that monorail to Epcot or or back, you'll you'll see that big solar field there. Very good. That was like first line here on that. So yeah, you know, solar energy, first of all, isn't a solar, isn't a solar. Yes, it is a solar. It isn't a new concept. Um, But Disney's really pushing pushing it with with this. Um, And you may even remember too, universe of energy and we we learned a little bit about solar back then when it wasn't as cost effective as it is now but um and as tom mentioned there's the mickey mouse solar farm at walt disney world but there's some other exciting ones around uh in disneyland paris they're really setting the standard for solar energy in europe but one of the they have one of the largest solar canopy plants and what's really cool about this is they've placed some of these in their parking area, their outdoor parking area. So it actually provides shading mm-hmm. for the guests' cars. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I would like to see uh, that happen in more of the, the parks. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, we all could use a little more shade when we're especially <laughs> hoofing it right. out to your car way <laughs> out in that long, you know, the end of the row at Epcot. That's or whatever. true. That's true. Um, in Hong Kong Disneyland, they're also set an example locally, and they are uh, serving as the single largest solar panel site in Hong Kong, mm. with over 5,000 panels across 20 attractions and buildings. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And let's not leave out Tokyo Disney Resort. Solar panels have also been installed there and at Disney California Adventure Park to soak up the California rays over by uh, uh, the... Cars Land area mm-hmm. is there. Um, and there's a facility that will power 70% of Castaway Key for Disney Cruise Line's private island in the Bahamas. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, trying to put some, com- you know, some thought to this. It says, when combined, Walt Disney World's total solar facilities will produce enough e- renewable energy to power up to 40% of its total annual energy consumption. And to put it into perspective, Disney's solar portfolio around the world can produce enough energy to power eight Magic Kingdom parks of Walt Disney World. Mm, 
That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, 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 that's strong. Um, let's continue that because I, I love that concept. Right. I love what they're doing with that. Yeah. I know. I know. And you know, it, it, like, like I said, it's kind of fun too, when they make it purposeful for the guests too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, providing some for sure. this little nice perk. Yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. Um, you know, and so when we talked about with the conservation fund and, and, and how there's support, uh, to help benefit ecosystems with communities, not just here, but around the world and got a couple kind of cool examples. For you. Cool. Yeah. So in Peru, they were facing high deforestation pressures, you know, and that's mainly because of illegal logging and um, clear cutting for agriculture and growth and everything. So Disney actually provided some initial funding to Conservation International to, to launch some projects. Uh, one of the projects worked directly with the communities on solutions to, you know, help their families and uh, help conserve the uh, biodiversity diverse forest there. So the participants received training on how to, um, and access to efficient cook stoves, as well as assistance in developing alternative incomes Mm. like, uh, ecotourism Mm -hmm. and alternative crop usage, uh, and actually provided some tuition assistance. Nice. Yeah. So all in for the community of Peru. They didn't stop there. Since coffee is a predominant crop of that region, um, they did help also provide training on sustainable coffee, but they also tapped in on their resource of Joffrey's Coffee and Tea Company and had them create a specialty roast source from the co-op that was developed in Peru as mm. part of these efforts. Wow, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, p- bringing the right people and the right organizations together to help support this. Right, and help it not only be, you know, good for the environment, but profitable for those for the people there and for, you know, Joffrey's as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, I don't know if anybody's ever bought any of that specialty roast, but you can, you know, get it supposedly at Walt Disney World. I mm. haven't looked now. I will look yeah, because we'll be of keeping this. an eye out for it. Yeah. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the Disney conservation team wildlife scientists have been supporting local and international programs for the rescue care and restoration of threatened coral reefs. Mm. And what's really good, too, is that they're, you know, they're working with like the Bahamas and, you know, in, in you know, with the Florida as well at, um, you know, replanting coral resilient to things like disease and climate change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really important. Uh, It's such a huge ecosystem for the oceans right now. And uh, the fact that they are dying off in in many places. And Mm -hmm. obviously, uh, you know, people are concerned about, you know, what happens with cruise lines. And, you know, they're not necessarily always the Mm -hmm. most eco-friendly vacation that you're going to go on. But uh, I know Disney, we've heard about it when we've done the Art of the Theme Tour and everything Mm -hmm. that Disney does to try and make it as best they can. They always get great grades um, for how they approach their their environmental impact um, for cruise lines. They're almost always, you know, the best Mm -hmm. of any of the cruise lines out there. Still, I mean, there's a lot you know, to it, but you know, if they can do what they can to make it the best vacation for their guests, but also try and be responsible environmentally, um, that's good. And helping out the coral reefs Mm -hmm. in a roundabout way is a part of that. Right. Very good point, honey. 
So I have another fun fact for you here. Okay. The uniforms worn by the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind are eco-friendly. Oh. So 70% of each uniform's base fabric is made from recycled content. The metal buttons along the shoulder pads, well, they're made of 75% recycled metal. Hmm. And the three-starred, the three-armed star insignia that designates their rank. Mm -hmm. Um, You learn all about that on your, while you're in the queue. Yeah. So those insignias are made from 95% recycled PVC. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, very cool. I mean, talk about, again, the culture and, you know, how are you going to make decisions about what, what fabric and what designs are going to be used in, in the, the cast uniforms. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's always you know about um, being able to reuse these things in a in a good way. I mean, you know, these things. Let, let's be let's face it. There's a lot of things that we need to use. It's the best um, option for various different things we do in life. Um, and when they're just a one-time use, that's not good. When right. you can find ways to uh, reuse them, recycle them, whatever. Um, that is. That's that's a huge part of making our planet better, and right. I'm glad that Disney is making that effort now with the uniforms that we see. Yeah, in a very popular attraction. Right, right, pretty cool. So, um, you know, we talked about how Disney lets guests or attendees participate, like in going to the film and in the the first week having some of those proceeds go. Um, but they actually have done some other other things, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but. I, just to, you know, wanted to share this one with you that I thought was really cool. It was called Connect to Protect. And it actually, um, this took place when Pandora first opened, uh, that they, they had this um, kind of like a, a, through the My Disney Experience, this fun thing that you could do. It says, upon entering the land, the guests using the My Disney Experience app would be invited to instant message with one of the moon's ecological specialists. Fitzy, let's see, Fitzy Mitzy, Fitzy Mitzy, or Fitz Buckley. That's what the, the article. Right, okay. Yeah, but Fitz will guide you around Pandora, showing off some of the more exotic elements of the environment and sharing important messages about conservation along the way that can be applied both on Pandora and here on Earth. Then after completing one or more missions, you will unlock a $10 contribution from Disney Parks mm. through the Disney Conservation Fund. Um, you will then choose how the contribution will pr- help protect or restore habitats important to one of 10 threatened categories of animals, which are apes, elephants, butterflies, coral reefs, cranes, monkeys, rhinos, sea turtles, sharks, rays, and tigers. Wow. I know. So, I mean... Again, pretty fun activity that they're providing, giving you some education. And then for each guest who was doing it at that time, $10 going to the conservation yeah. fund. That, that was a, and it's a great concept of uh, one, you know, you know, Pandora and the movie um, Avatar was all about protecting mm-hmm. the environment and protecting right. these spaces for these species that live there. And, you know, it was... You know, people trying to clear cut these giant trees and, you know, and, and really just just storm through the land there. Um, so the fact that, you know, that this land is based on something that is so 
you know, while being obviously wild and right. out of this Fantasy. world, uh-huh. you can still bring it close to home and uh, understand, you know, compare it to what we live in every day. Right. That's cool. Uh, they're not still doing that as far I as... I don't the, think they are yeah. still doing that because I, I couldn't find it um, on the app. And I think that might have been before they had the um, Play Disney Parks uh-huh. app. Um, so... That's too bad, but that's, uh, I'm glad they were doing that for a while. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, but they, you know, you can still participate, you know, just doing some things like following designations on waste cans at the parks, you know, and actually not too long ago, there was, um, the Disney company actually gave awards for teams that were working on different, um, aspects of conservation and one of the winners was uh, uh, the group at disneyland's galactic grill um the cast members and and the uh, chefs were involved in setting up new trash cans that actually had more definitive designations of of what goes where Mm. and um, they said they didn't have any pushback from the guests um, and it really helped you know help prevent some things going into the landfills that wouldn't need to yeah i mean not everybody's gonna pay attention to the trash can they're just gonna see a trash can they're gonna throw their stuff in there um but if you you can even get a couple people to pause take Mm -hmm. a look at it and figure out where they want to put this cup or where they want to put this tray or where they want to put this plate um it, it can help you know, it, it all adds up as many guests are there and as many people are, are putting their trash, their right. recyclables, whatever within these cans. Um, if you can just, you know, get a couple more people to do right. it, put them in the right place, that helps enormously. Yeah. Like there, they were even um, designating one for food. And so what they would do with that food waste would, would actually be um, putting it with composts. Mm. So it wouldn't go into landfill. It would be used to fertilize other things. Nice. Yeah. That's great. So anyways, kind of all over the place, all over <laughs> the map there. But that's kind of just just brushing well, the I think that's just of, the of, tip of the iceberg almost of everything that Disney does. But I think the, as you can see um, by how many different, you know, um, basically uh, irons they have in the fire. Right. There, um, as far as what our um, ecological system is, as far as um, what they're doing environmentally to help this planet and, you know, cut their own carbon emissions mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, and uh, and to, treat, to teach people on how they can do better right. themselves. And when you take it home from when you go to the parks and, um, you know, continue on with it right. and, and do better at home as well. It's, it's amazing. And again, um, so many things I know, Michelle, you couldn't get into everything. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I said, all day and right. It's been a long day. I can't be here all day. So. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, you know, it, there's just so many things, you know, there's a lot of things too with, with animal conservation that I didn't really even get into, but just so many wonderful elements to their programs and that they're continuing this and just wanted to give everybody kind of a feel for that there is a lot more yeah. under the surface that we're, we're not maybe either aware of, but maybe now going to some of the parks, you can appreciate a little bit more. Right, yeah. No, it's great stuff. Michelle always does the best research. <laughs> uh, there is so much good stuff that Disney is doing to help the environment and to help your experience as well. 
Uh, it's a little bit of both. You know, it has to be a good balance between the two. I mean, we, you know, everybody is not a huge fan of the paper straws. They're tough, you know, uh -huh. I mean, especially if you get like a big chocolate shake or something. You may need to get a couple of them right. because uh, they, they're not ideal. But um, as much waste is being produced by plastic straws and everything, and you know, and those are single-use items. It's not like you're taking that plastic straw home, washing it, right. and reusing it. Most likely, um, it really is important to, to make those changes. As, as tough as it may be, it, mm -hmm. is, it is good for you. I mean, better yet, if you don't like those straws. The, the, they sell straws that are right. reusable that you can wash completely with mm -hmm. little brushes that you can use to wash them at right. home and bring those with you in a backpack or whatever. Um, it's one of those ways that you can help the environment. Not bringing the plastic bottles of water, instead bringing a refillable mm -hmm. bottle with you to the parks. Right. That's huge as well. Little things, little steps. Yes. It just takes little steps to help the environment and Disney's making giant, both, both giant steps and little steps. Right. And um, we really appreciate it. Michelle, you know, this funny thing is whenever she does one of these research, I can tell when it's going to be a really good segment because she'll always hem and haw about, I don't know if it's interesting. I don't know if people are going <laughs> to like it. I didn't find that much. Every single time I learn new things, I find out fascinating yeah. facts and fun facts. Um, Michelle's research is always the best research. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, honey. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's what I was sharing with you one time, I don't want to come across like as a teacher that's not on the final or anything like that. But, you know, hopefully, again, getting to see some, some things that are really powerful and wonderful, and that you can then, again, our whole thing is how can you have more fun on your vacation or at mm -hmm. the parks and stuff, and maybe this can also help with that. Well, it's, it's part of our, you know, concept of being positive and, mm -hmm. and helping the environment is a very positive thing. Right. And, and uh, I mean, it takes some negativity. You have to know that what's going on out there and, and look at that and, and know that there's a reason why you have to react a certain mm -hmm. way or certain things need to be a certain way. Uh, but it's a very positive thing to, to study it, to know it, right. and to work towards helping it. And that's what we're all about here. And yeah. So um, that's why it's, it's hugely important. And, and, and again, um, I'm so glad that Disney does so much to... to make it that and also to you know entertain us all at the same time the yeah. balance is right. there and that's right. great so uh, michelle great job again well, thank as you. always so let's go ahead and get to our disney stories of the week i don't know if they're eco-friendly but they will be fun <laughs> hopefully uh start with it maybe nearing the end of summer but it's never too early to start planning <laughs> for the holiday season at the disneyland resort we got some great information about that from the Disney Parks blog this week. They said, Disneyland Resort will once again transform into the merriest place on earth for the holiday season beginning on November 11th, uh, 2022 uh, through January 8th of 2023. So some good time yeah. there to go visit and take in the holiday season out there at the parks. Uh, here's what they got going on in Disney California Adventure Park. Holiday decor will shine bright with a 50 foot tall Christmas tree on Buena Vista Street. And automotive holiday embellishment in Cars Land. Oh, we love, love that. that decorations. Yeah. If you've never been to Cars Land, see their Halloween or their holiday season decorations, you, you're really missing out. You need to get out there and check it out because it is so well done. Yeah, it shows the, uh, how creative the um, 
the the people who live in Cars Land are at taking old car parts and making yep. the very festive yep. looking. So good. It's so it's done so well. Uh, the nighttime spectacular World of Color Season of Light will bring holiday magic by fusing cherished holiday music with memorable moments from treasured Disney animated films. That'll be cool mm-hmm. because, you know, World of Color has been was down for a while. Right. And so we haven't had it over the last couple holiday seasons. Well, there was one holiday season that was pretty much completely wiped out out yes. there. But <laughs> uh, even last holiday season, they didn't have World of Color back up yet. Right. So it's good to get that back going. Yes. And, uh, enjoy that. It's beautiful. Yep. Uh, through energetic live entertainment, coloring delights, and special traditions, Disney Festival of Holidays will highlight a diverse season of celebrations, including Christmas slash Navidad, Diwali, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and Three Kings Day. Festival marketplaces across the park will serve a handcrafted menu of delectable food and beverages. The fan favorite Sip and Savor Pass, one of our favorites, will return to taste your way through eight food and non-alcoholic beverage selections from participating marketplace and dining locations. That's, I mean, it really is a great deal. Yeah. If you're going out there and um, are planning on sampling a lot of things, or if you're planning multiple trips, especially, right. um, the Sip and Saver Pass is really a good deal. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, gives you, depending, you know, if, if you use it strategically, you can get at least 20% off. Yeah, if you use it on the higher priced mm-hmm. items, um, you it is a significant benefit right. um, toward, uh, towards the price of those items. Right, so. and even if you don't, you're not paying more you'll still. break even right. at worst right but uh, a lot of times you'll be you'll be cutting the price of items by a, a buck or two at least exactly you know, so uh, meanwhile, the Jolly Holiday, uh, excuse me, the Jolly Lineup of Holiday, I must be thinking of Mary Poppins Jolly Holiday, <laughs> the Jolly Lineup of Holiday Entertainment continues with Mickey's Happy Holidays, a procession of Disney and Pixar characters dancing and marching along to the upbeat rhythms of the holiday toy drummers. I think we saw that mm-hmm. last year when yep. we were out there. Uh, the Disney Viva Navidad Street Party also returns featuring Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse donning festive fiesta attire and accompanied by Mexican folklorical dancers and mariachis, Brazilian samba dancers and percussionists and great mochiganga puppets. That's a, that's a really great Yeah, uh, Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, love several that. times. Yes. And that's always a lot of fun mm-hmm. as well. Plus, the Yuletide spirit will shift into high gear in Cars Land with two seasonal attraction transformations. Of course, Luigi's Joy to the World and Mater's Jingle Jamboree. Always a lot of fun. Totally. Yeah. Love it. Disneyland Park will also be adorned with festive holiday decor, including an iconic 60-foot tall Christmas tree on Main Street, USA. Sleeping Beauty's Winter Castle will enchant from day to night with shimmering icicles and twinkling lights. In Town Square, you may encounter favorite Disney characters in their finest holiday attire, and some will be debuting all new outfits, so be prepared for that this year. And here's my favorite thing, because you know, hashtag real men love Frozen. (laughs) Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Walt Disney Animation Studios Frozen, along with Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Santa, and many other friends will celebrate the season in a Christmas fantasy parade, a daily musical procession of floats, marching toy soldiers, dancing gingerbread cookies, and more. Nice. And in the evenings, the festivities will continue with the Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks Spectacular, which will feature magical snowfall and colorful projections on Main Street USA and the facade of It's a Small World. Families will also be able to dance along with characters such as Goofy, Pluto, Chippendale, and others during nightly holiday dance parties at the Tomorrowland Terrace. The Tomorrowland Terrace dance parties are always a blast. To yeah, to, totally know. fun. And mm-hmm. the projections down Main Street USA, you know, 
Main Street USA is is smaller than what you think of at the Magic Kingdom, and so you're right in the midst. And it you're you talk about being immersed into mm-hmm. that. It's so fun. It's really good. And uh, but I also encourage you, um, if you want to go see the projections, go see it on the facade of It's a Small World because True. one, um, they're really well done. The the projections are there, and it's it's right there in front of you. It's a great place to see the fireworks as well, and it's not as well known location. Mm-hmm. But also the switch from the lights that they, because they they always put so many lights on right. that facade, Christmas holiday lights on that facade of it's a small world, and the switch between the two is always amazing yeah. as well. Yeah, so, so it's worth taking in both parts of uh, being there at Disneyland. Very good point. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, two beloved Disneyland attractions will return with fan favorite special uh, seasonal transformations. It's a small world holiday. Takes Mm. guests around the world as dolls and toys representing children enjoying the distinctive holiday traditions of their respective countries. And in New Orleans Square, Jack Skellington and his friends cause a collision between Christmas and Halloween to transform the Haunted Mansion into Haunted Mansion Holiday, one of our favorites. Yeah, totally. That is just uh, like... Such a high bar was set yeah. with that one. But even Small World, you know, where, you know, it's not just that they have um, holiday decorations or, or that the, the dolls have holiday attire and things like that, but they incorporate holiday music in mm-hmm. with the It's a Small World music. It's very well done and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And like they said, they, they make it so that, you know, each different uh, country or area of the world's kind of culture is represented there and what Mm -hmm. they kind of do for their holiday season. And I know that they've said uh, in one of those um, Disney plus or Disney channel holiday specials, you know, where they talk about transforming Mm -hmm. Disney or whatever that they, every um, one of the dolls, uh, the toys, they add a little something to it to make it have a little festive part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Very cool. Uh, The fun will also extend to downtown Disney district as well with the holiday entertainment, food and photo opportunities, lots of stuff going on there. So uh, you can go down to the downtown Disney district and just pay for parking. And sometimes, you know, if you eat there, um, you can get some of that. Some of that paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you can enjoy that without even having to pay the price of the Disney tickets and get some good holiday Disney fun as well. So yeah, definitely plan that all out uh moving on a highly anticipated marvel show gets an unusual release day on disney plus this was interesting yeah uh this from marvel.com wednesdays are so last season (laughs) when marvel studios she hulk attorney at law arrives on disney plus it'll do it in style on a brand new day Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be new. We, you know, it used to be when Disney plus first came, you know, hit the streaming service platforms. Um, pretty much all their new shows were always released on Fridays. Then eventually they started adding Wednesdays and Fridays. Now we're going to have some new show that's going to be debuting on a Thursday. That's cool. Yeah, it will be cool. And it's nice because then you can, you know, you don't feel like you have to watch everything in one night. Right. Yeah, lots of stuff. I'm glad there's new shows debuting on various different times of the week. Uh, She-Ho premieres exclusively on Disney Plus on August 18th. So really, really close now. Yeah. We're coming up on it just yeah. a, you know, 11, 11 days. days from when mm-hmm. we're recording this. Uh-huh. In She-Hulk Attorney at Law, Jennifer Walters, who is played by Tatiana Maslani, an attorney specializing in superhuman-oriented legal causes, must navigate the complicated life of a single 30-something who also happens to be a green six-foot-seven-inch super-powered <laughs> Hulk. 
Uh, the nine-episode comedy series welcomes a host of MCU vets, including Mark Ruffalo as Smart Hulk, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky, who you may know as The Abomination. Mm-hmm. He's appeared in uh, one of the Hulk movies, um, one of the first couple Hulk movies before kind of cool. they were part of Disney. Uh, and Benedict Wong as Wong, as well <laughs> as Jamila Jamil, excuse me, Jamila Jamil, uh, Ginger Gonzaga, Josh Segura, and John Bass, and Renee Elise Goldsberry, who you may know as Angelica from Ooh. Hamilton, the original cast of Hamilton. Yes, will be a part of it. So very looking, it looks like it's going to be a great show. Yeah. Very excited for She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Trailer's hysterical. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. Very cool. Uh, Speaking of Marvel, we received more information on the super heroic schedule at the Ultimate Disney Fan Event. Again, back to Marvel.com for this one. They said, with just over a month until Disney's highly anticipated D23 Expo, presented by, not prevented, presented (laughs) by Visa at Anaheim, kicking off September 9th, Marvel is unveiling a can't-miss lineup of panels, stage events, guest appearances, and exclusive merchandise giveaways and more. Uh, fans will be able to explore the Marvel Studios Pavilion, which is always a great place to go mm-hmm. check things yeah. out when you're on the uh, expo floor, uh, to experience an awesome costume display, exclusive giveaways, a photo activation, and other surprises. So definitely check that out. Elsewhere on the show floor, the Shop Disney booth will be spotlighting exciting Marvel merchandise featuring the Avengers, Spider-Man, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, along with a variety of other products at retailer booths during the show. Throughout the weekend at D23 Expo, fans won't want to miss Marvel's panels and stage events diving into what's next for Marvel Studios, a celebration of 60 beyond amazing years of Spider-Man, an exciting current look at Marvel games and more. These include on Friday, September 9th from 2 to 2.30 p.m. and Saturday, September 10th from 1.30 to 2 p.m. on D23's Expo Live stage. You can join Brian Crosby, Marvel's Director of Themed Entertainment, for a real-time step-by-step tutorial session on how to draw some of Marvel's most iconic heroes and villains. Yeah, how fun would that be to draw Spider-Man or Rocket or something like that. Yeah, So cool. Yeah, that would be a cool thing. You know, we always like the the animation... the art of animation right. kind of things that I don't know if it's the art of animation, but when we go Something and you get like to learn that, yeah. to, to draw the various different characters at the parks. Yeah. Um, those are Disney characters. I'd love to learn how to draw some of the Marvel. Characters I know. As well. Yeah. And I, and I could see that being a, a real draw for a lot of, you know, um, young people who might be getting into, um, not just animation, but like storytelling and comics and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and kind of gives them a little bit of, uh, broaden what their their skills could be. Yeah, absolutely. So those are going to be some really cool things. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, September 10th at 10 a.m., of course, is the big panel. Uh, that's at Hall D23. As previously announced, filmmakers, celebrity talent, and surprise guests from Marvel Studios will join Lucasfilm and others on stage in Hall D23 to showcase theatrical and Disney Plus titles. Going behind the scenes of those studios, highly anticipated films, specials, and series attendees will see exclusive footage and be among the first to learn what it's in the works. Those We've attended those mm-hmm. panels. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, what you get to see ahead of everybody else. Um, some of the stuff they give away to you when right. you get in there and everything. It's a, it's a hard ticket to get there. You know, you're going to have to get lucky with... Um, possibly the little lot or whatever yeah. that they have to get there. You're going to have to wait overnight, but if you're up to it, it's worth it because the, those panels are 
unbelievable. They, they will give you memories um, from D23 that you'll you'll just never forget. Yeah, so, so totally true. For sure. So uh, also on September, Saturday, September 10th from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Backlot stage, celebrate 60 spectacular, sensational web slimming years of Spider-Man from his humble debut in 1962's Amazing Fantasy number 15. He wall crawled his way to international superstardom. Now join executive spider editor Nick Lowe and editor-in-chief C.B. Sabluski <laughs> as they team up to trace the comics history of the web-based, uh, excuse me, the webhead across six decades and beyond. Tantalizing trivia about the web wonder will be shared in this can't-miss panel, so be sure to swing by. And this is the big news for this panel. Fans attending will also receive a special exclusive giveaway while supplies last to be revealed in the coming weeks. Um, I know we went to a big Marvel panel when we were there at, at the the uh, last D23 mm -hmm. in uh, 2019 and we got some exclusive comic book yeah. that, with a specialized cover right. um, that was just made for that yeah. and it was a phenomenal a nice comic it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if this is something similar right. going out to the people that attend this yeah. one something special for uh, Spider-Man's um, you know uh, anniversary there so. right very cool yeah uh, finally it's also on Saturday September 10th at uh, the Talent Central area, you can swing by Talent Central to meet Marvel's editor-in-chief, C.B. Sabulski, and executive spider editor, Nick Lowe, for a signing opportunity. So they're going to go straight from that panel to go and sign and, and you know, be able to meet, maybe nice. take some selfies, whatever, with yeah. them. So that's cool as that well. That is cool. Yeah. So lots of great stuff. Uh, D23 Expo, it's all coming together. I so wish we were going to be able to mm -hmm. make it this year. Unfortunately, it looks like we won't, but... We're excited to hear all about it and excited for all of those that you that you're going to attend. And if, by the way, if there's some people going, want to be our special correspondent from the D23 Expo, we'd love to have you on the show. So be in contact with us. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. When we do this, we always start with Michelle because look. She does everything great. She's wonderful. She's awesome. She's all full of Michelleness, <laughs> which is the best things in the world. You heard earlier, she does the best research. You know she has the best lists. She definitely has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, you're so sweet. Okay, so this is going to be a, a, a twofer. So first of all, if you'd like to get your hands on a great Disney activity guidebook for kids, sign up for our newsletter. Um, and this guidebook is great that they put together. It's themed in the um, magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom series by Nat Geo that was on Disney+. Plus. Oh. Um, it has some, it's really cool. It has like descriptions of elements of uh, what it takes to care for animals and how to distinguish, you know, like if you have a bunch of the same species how do you how can you tell them apart so you can really you know get kids involved in, in some of that and it also gives kids things to do like just go outside and in with it like we said in your backyard and some some fun activities so sign up for the newsletter you'll get that if you don't want to sign up for the newsletter we we can understand just drop us a line at our our gmail address and, and we'll get it out to you um, but my real tip is to let you know that um, in Disney's Animal Kingdom, that throughout the, the park, there are guides there 
uh, or informative people who are willing to share information to you. And we've done that several times, just the two of us. They don't, they're not looking necessarily that there's a big audience. Um, and what's really great is they're there ready to tell you something. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I got to come up with a smart question or what should I, you know, talk to them about. It's just a really comfortable, fun way. And they really tailor it to the audience. We've watched them, you know, maybe with some smaller kids and really present the information in a way that would be more, you know, well-received by little ones. And so take that opportunity because it just makes being at that park even that much more special. Yeah, it just opens up the world that much more to you and your kids. And it just, yeah, it's 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 really, really what they do. Great stuff there. It's right. Really, really good. So, exactly. Shell's tip, always the best tip. Multiple <laughs> tips. And sign up for the newsletter and get that other thing. Or you also G- hit us up at the Gmail account. But right. she'll get you that workbook, that uh, fun stuff, fun, fun activities for kids. Right, you know, exactly. Good, good stuff, yeah. so. Michelle's tip, like I said, always the best tip. (laughs) Uh, My tip for this week, now look, you know, I mean, obviously we all know Orlando is one of those, the best vacation destinations in the world. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, people love to go there, go to the parks. Yes, of course, Disney, but various other theme parks that we've heard something about. I think there's something (laughs) around, a couple other things that go on around there as well. (laughs) Uh, People like to visit those as well. But one thing also about Orlando is it's also a huge destination for conventions and, Mm -hmm. you know, even team building uh, events for companies or whatever. So a lot of times there's people coming from out of town that aren't necessarily going to the Disney parks. Um, but that doesn't mean they don't want a little Disney while they're in town. Mm-hmm. And there's a good news is that there's some great ways that you can, if you're coming with your company, with your team, with your group, whatever, um, Disney will work with you to try and help you have some good Disney fun in that time. Maybe after you get out of your convention right. events later in the day, maybe on the day you arrive, maybe the day before you're going to leave. Um, they, they will work with you to try and build something that can, you can shape depending on how much time, how many people you have and, and give you some right. good, you know, little piece of Disney while you're there for this, you know, important business stuff that you're doing. So, um, you know, and there's an easy way to do this. You can just go ahead and go to the Disney meeting and events website that they have and it'll lay out a bunch of things there. They can show you how you can contact and they will work with you to build out some sort of team building event or whether it be, you know, just a, a, a dinner, whether it be an actual visit for the parks, a tour for your group, all sorts of interesting things. They have the ideas for you to try and help make this and get that little bit of Disney. I mean, you're so close. You're in Orlando. You're going to these conventions. Why right. not take advantage of it? Uh, all you got to do is go to DisneyMeetingsAndEvents.com and get things started. They have all the contacts there and and they, this isn't just for Walt Disney World. This is what we're talking about, but this also goes for Disneyland and even some of the Disney parks around the world. Right. They'll help you if you're going someplace else uh, for a business meeting, uh, for whatever else, for your group, uh, for your company while you're out there. So contact them and, you know, like I said, add some Disney to your convention group. Great idea. Great tip, baby. Thanks. So that's it for this week. Next week, well, we are going to go back to that thing Michelle promised. Uh, we have it all penciled in. We're, we have the plans in place 
To make this happen this week, we will be bringing in the guys from the Conversations podcast, some of our favorites. Great guys, Pat and Charles. Their show is amazing. Check it out. Right. If you like Star Wars or if you just like to laugh, um, they, they, they have a great show and they're going to be joining us. And we have Michelle has a fun topic to torture them with <laughs> uh, next week that I know that they're the, the reason, reason why they didn't join us this week is they were very concerned about sure. what Michelle is going to drop on them. Because, yeah. you know, it's always, it's full of Michelle-ness, but it's always <laughs> something that they have to do. Oh, yeah. I think this one will be an easy one for them, actually. I think I'm going to be pretty on the light it's, side for it, them. It's going to be great, but of course it will definitely deal with Star Wars and we know just just being with those guys is a lot of fun, but we know it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, you'll enjoy it, and you'll uh, it'll, it'll it's like you said, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter for yeah, sure, for sure, for sure. So, as for today's show, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you'll find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there. We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. Michelle's got great stuff going into that newsletter. All sorts of new Michelle-ness going in every <laughs> single week. Uh, it's just a great way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Yeah, we just enjoy that group so much and we love just celebrating each other's fun and positivity. Definitely, that's what that group is all about. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video, which there are going to be some coming, I promise you, somewhere in the near future. And if you ever <laughs> want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. And the other thing we really appreciate and have really helped support this show is if you tell a friend or family member about this show or and or uh, give us a five star review. Yep. Uh, all great ways and easy ways to help the, get this show, you know, have a, a larger listenership, more Hyperion adventurers, which is all we really want. We just want everybody out there to be involved in this positive Disney journey we've been exactly. on here. So that's it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.